All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a good trail. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora kicked it out, got it back, near side, Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 21 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brock Sagan. No Beebs Bondi today, but we got Dylan D. Burstein. How's it going, D? Uh, doing pretty good. Be better if my better half was here, but uh, <laughs> hanging in. Hanging in. Well, I mean, uh, you know, no Beebs, unfortunate, but... Fortunately for you and Maple Leafs fans alike, big yeah. trade this week. We'll jump right into that. Christophe Porzingis to the Mavs. <laughs> not Definitely a, not the one. Not the one you're talking about? about? No, but Jake Musson to the Maple Leafs. Obviously, the Leafs in desperate need to you know add some D health. They got that done uh, during their bye week. Uh, they needed to obviously add a right-handed defenseman, but they went out and added a left-handed defenseman. Uh, according to all the insiders, it sounded like the asking price uh, for right-handed defenseman specifically uh, the ones in Carolina, just a little bit too high, so they went a little bit cheaper. Got Muzzin. Uh, so, you know, something, obviously, they can move Morgan Riley to the right side, which, uh, you know, in daily face-off, we have projected to happen. Uh, many other people are expecting that to happen as well. Uh, the yeah, one they thing, ran in practice today. Yeah, like and the, the, one, skate. the one thing that's nice, too, is, uh, you know, he brings a little bit of a physical edge. The one thing that the Leafs are, you know, maybe lacking. A lot of people are a little bit nervous about them going up against the Bruins in the first round mm-hmm. because they lack a little bit of the physicality uh, that maybe the Bruins bring. But Muzzin, definitely a guy that brings the physical uh, side of play. Average is 2.2 hits so far this season to go along with 1.56 shots per game. So, always been a guy that's been able to get the job done offensively as well, but pretty solid in his own end. Uh, all in all, uh, to me, as a as an outsider, great addition, I would think. Uh, yeah. Jake Muzzin's always been solid. And you know, the really nice thing about adding Muzzin is that he signed for another year. It's not just a pure rental. And he's got a pretty 
Uh, digestible cap it at $4 million. Re- very reasonable for, sure. for a player of his caliber. I mean, if you're talking about a top-pairing defenseman at $4 million, uh, definitely a good contract. Yeah, they've Identical got. to Jake Gardner's cap it, so led to a lot of speculation that for Gardner sure. won't be coming back in any And I think like season. even if they didn't add Muzzin, I think there was it was even pretty evident before that, that he was probably well, going to be Well, in general, I, I think if here. they could, they would have uh, liked uh, to look at spending that money on the open market on the open market on a right handed defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. So um, didn't quite get it, but now you get both of them for the rest of this year, right? With Muzzin. Muzzin's played the right side in the past, normally obviously plays with the dominant yeah. side. Um, so Alec it, Martinez also right. Yeah, there. originally it kinda seemed like Muzzin would be the one to stay over, but obviously Riley's played his offhand in the past too, uh, before Hainsey kinda settled into that role. They went back and forth for a bit. whenever Riley and Gardner play together, it's usually Riley who's on the offside. Yeah. Um so, uh, not really a huge surprise to Riley start there. I think a lot of it too is Muzzin's got enough to get acclimated with uh, mm-hmm. with the new team and the new system and everything else. You don't so, want to start while it's yeah. offside. So you right let away. him do that from the side he's most comfortable on, and then you can kind of work back and forth as the season goes on, see who works better where. It it's honestly like where it ought, really matters is taking bucks off the boards, right? Doing it on the on your offside yeah. is just so much more difficult. You, you um, don't forget how to play defense just because you're on your offside. No, right? it's literally just it, taking the pucks around the boards and playing different. cleanly off the boards is really the main thing and then the other thing is uh, your general stick positioning when someone's coming down you know uh if you're on your offhand you can kind of work them uh it's harder to keep them towards the outside yeah uh just naturally the way your stick lines up the one thing that is so big about this trade is it's not even i mean it as much as it is adding a, a player of jake muzzin's caliber to your top pairing it's just limiting ron hainsey from like Top pairing minutes now, yeah. to and it's not third that pairing minutes, which is ideal, right? It's not like Hainsey Perfect. doesn't belong. No, in the he's fine. Roster. Yeah, he's fine. But he yeah. just like if you're talking still about a great team, penalty killer, but the, now you don't have to play him for a minute and a half. You don't have to, re- yeah, you don't have to rely on him so much. And yeah. then you know, or come it, playoff it, time if they have a one goal lead, it's not going to be him on the ice for three relying last four on minutes. Just Hainsey. What was happening last year in the playoffs? And that's the thing. Like the Leafs, if they really want to be true Stanley Cup contenders this year. Uh, they probably weren't going to get the job done with Ron Hainsey playing 20 minutes a night out of your top yeah. pair. Well, I mean, if the offense and Fred, you need the offense and Freddie to both be rolling. Uh, mm-hmm. If that was going to happen, we see them go on those stretches. This oh, season. absolutely. But we we'll see what thing. happens if when, they can lock it down a little yeah. bit in the back end. They're definitely a team yeah. to be ready. But we see what happens if the offense is a little cold, or if you know the goaltending isn't quite there. Uh, that's when we kind of seen really. That's what happened, I guess. Yeah. The, the Leafs' uh, poor run of play recently. I think they were more, uh, lost seven of ten. Uh, prior to the break, so. yeah, with uh, with Gardner again, like you kind of mentioned, under contract for this year, they've got Marner on the cheap, they got Matthews on the cheap for now. Yeah, do you do you think as a Leafs fan that they're done right now, or do you think that this is a team that you know is maybe going to push all the chips to the center of the table right now, kind of go for it? I mean, obviously they don't have a first this year to deal, but I mean, there's yeah, many I before. just you I think they maybe go and look for one more, maybe smallish piece just to kind of shore things up it could be like another thing like uh like when they went on got Placanic, right to shore up the it was really just a fourth line pickup he ended up playing more yeah uh when i think it was kadri was hurt yeah or no suspended, suspended in, the, in the first yeah. round against the bruins so Placanic ended up playing actually a pretty big role and did well. pretty well yeah, yeah he did did terrible in the regular season with the we were just i remember watching like oh my god like Placanic seemed like he eaten alive yeah, and it was against actually, the Virgin yeah and he, he just he scored a goal and he did very well yeah um, but yeah, it was funny because he really did struggle uh, with Maple Leafs, but then stepped just up in the just garbage. A couple and then games into the playoffs, yeah. playoff. so uh, maybe a move like that. I've heard people think they're still looking at adding someone on the blue line. I think if that happens, it'd just be a depth piece because I think they got to be pretty happy with where they are at this point, especially when you already invested what you did in Muzzin. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, if you know, Pessy or uh, Hamilton, like, all of a sudden the price drops a little bit. I, I still think they're a lot more hesitant given what they already given up to Muzzin and just the cap situation moving forward. You want to keep as much money open. When you got to negotiate with Matthews and Marner, for sure. The one uh, name I kept seeing pop up with uh, the Maple Leafs is Red Wings defenseman Nick Jensen, kind of a guy who <laughs> can pop in and out of your lineup if need be, kind of a sixth yeah. defenseman. Scored his only two goals this season at the game we're at yes. in October. In yes, but he's right-handed. <laughs> He'll be pretty cheap. He's a guy that Babcock's familiar with, so I think that. You know something. You know I think the Leafs probably do make maybe one or two more moves, but like yeah. you said, I just don't of, know who he uh, goes in for. You know what I mean? Like I, I, th- I think again, if it's a depth move, it uh, it makes sense. That's what I mean. Like he, a, even in Detroit, he's kind of a, a guy who pick. will be a six, seventh defenseman. And yeah. 
they don't have obviously a yeah. very good. They play. could use that. It would be nice to, but again, now you have Ojaganov as your seventh D man or your seventh D man option. I'm not sure if he's actually with the team or if he's probably back with the Marlies. I'm assuming, right? I don't know. If but either way, he would be the one to, to spot it. Yeah, now absolutely. Over, over and, he, and he's done just fine. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, again, I, I think it just comes down to the handedness, but they show not to be overly concerned about that with the move from Muzzin. Before we dive into uh, a deep fantasy look at pretty much every single person that's available on the waiver wire, um, Muzzin, fantasy value-wise right now, what do you consider? Like, Is he a guy that maybe creeps into your top 30 among fantasy defensemen at this point? Uh, I mean, he's, a, he's kind of a guy that does a little bit of everything. Now goes into into Toronto where you would expect him to play, you know, with Matthews, Marner, uh, yeah. Tavares a lot, but still not going to see top power play minutes. And we've seen Jake Gardner, who's basically an offensive specialist, really not do a whole lot this year on that second power play unit. So does Muzzin's fantasy? I mean, obviously moving from a team who's literally the lowest scoring team in the league to yeah. one of the best scoring teams in the NHL helps, but. Does it really move the needle for you? Like, is Muzzin like a guy that you absolutely are going out to pick up if you're in, like, I think his own percentage right now is right around 80. But if you're in shallow. already pretty hard. Yeah, if yeah. you're shallow leagues, though, is this a guy that you're really yeah. reaching for right now or it doesn't really move the needle too, too much for you? I just think, you know, he's kind of fallen off a bit this year. He's got 21 points in 50 games. Um, and I, obviously, a lot of that just has to do with the Kings' overall dip in production this season, especially with the man advantage. So I think, if anything, it gets him back around to his uh, half-a-game pace. But even last year, he had 42-74, and 74, which is uh, a career-high in points, and obviously could have been better if he could have played that extra eight games. But I, maybe that's I, I think that kind of pace is kind of best-case scenario. Yeah. Um, playing with Riley could, could be huge, though, but it's not like Hainsey did a whole lot there, and Muzzin, I, you wouldn't imagine, would be that much more offensively involved than Hainsey. And a lot of Riley's production really just comes on that power play like we've talked about many times before. Yeah. He's literally just facilitating everything at the top of that power play, and I would tell you that, like, I mean, he obviously picks up the assists here and there just at 5v5, but... That power play is where all of Riley's value really lies because it's just so lethal, and Muzzin won't really see that. To me, like it, it obviously. Moves well, yeah, Muzzin's playing like the same role he did in LA, it's but now it's a slightly better second yeah. unit, right? Or what should it be with Nylander? It does like it moves him up to me a little bit. Uh, he obviously has a little bit more value to me, though. I still think he's kind of fringe roster value, though. To, that's what I was gonna say. To me, uh, especially like right now, and I, you know, maybe we don't get this this episode out in time, and that's probably our fault for not recording a little bit earlier, but. To me, he's a guy that's actually like a really nice sell high candidate right now because whenever these trades happen, specifically when a player goes, you know, from one of the worst teams in the NHL to Toronto, you, like everybody kind of freaks out yeah. and, and, and wants, you know, everything to do. Yeah, I'd say people player. tend to overestimate the that, jump it, in production. And right now is kind of a good time before he actually plays a game to just, you know, let their, their imagination run wild before he actually plays a game then you realize, ah, it's really not that big of a difference. So, yeah, but he could pick up like a random secondary uh Exactly. Yeah, could could pick up an assist. Oh, yeah. man, against the wings, he might pick up four. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and that's where I, I sit on this. Obviously, I like, if you're in a hits league, I think Muzzin obviously carries quite a bit of value. I mean, two hits a night, you know, shot and a half per game. Yeah. Uh, now going to another team, I think if you're in a bangers league, he's a guy worth hanging on to. Yeah. And that is why his home uh, percentage is high. So is, high. Because shots and hits are both standard categories. Exactly. Uh, so. But uh, I think he's also a guy kind of worth looking at, maybe just trade high a little bit on right now. Just, you know, especially if you're in a in a league in Canada or Ontario and you got a bunch of Leaf fans there you're going to want everything to do with Jake Muzz at this point. One of the biggest trades they've made in, in a long time. So Yeah, well, probably the biggest trade in the NHL this year. Am I forgetting anything? I mean, there's been a couple big ones, but, uh, I mean, during the season, absolutely. Mid-season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, okay, so let's, let's move more into, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of forwards, some defensemen as well. Uh, so... Usually on the show we talk about you know some some waiver wire pickups and just name a few. Maybe they're available in your league, maybe they're not, and that's the whole point. You know you don't want to sit there and listen to us talk about a guy that's for twenty minutes about a guy that's not actually available in your league. So what we did today, uh, we have over thirty players to talk about uh, that are between twenty percent owned and thirty percent owned, so they should be available in the vast majority of our listeners' leagues. Yeah. And we're going to just kind of roll through them, uh, really take a deep dive into all these players and kind of talk about which guys we like more than others uh, and just whether or not they're players that we're interested in adding or, or players that we you know prefer to just kind of see uh, remain on the waiver wire. Uh, but before we jump into the first guy here, I will mention the one guy we excluded from the group was Martin Marinson, <laughs> who 
Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the start of the season, we talked about how his uh, draft... What, what was his ranking on Yahoo? It was like 111 or yeah, something. Very really high. high. It really and high. it led to him being drafted uh, extremely... I'm, I'm just hoping it was some sort of mistake. Like, had to have been. Technically enough. He's like literally not in the lineup. Like. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, his uh, own percentage rose just strictly because of that ranking. But it, it, it really hasn't dropped like you'd expect it to. Uh, I think he was in like the 22% owned range uh, at this point in time. Obviously, uh, we aren't going to talk about a guy who was already a healthy scratch and will continue to be a healthy scratch. He's played like six or seven games this season. Yeah, so we're not... Been healthy the whole time. Yeah, we excluded excluded him from this list. But the rest of these guys uh, are players that, you know, maybe we've talked about before, but we're going to talk about them a little bit more today. So let's start with the top of the list here, 30% owned Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. The Zingles had a really good year in Ottawa. Uh, one of the the lone bright spots. I mean, they've had a couple guys just really pop off this year, which is great. But Zingles has been fantastic. He's got 20 goals, 18 assists for mm-hmm. 38 points in 48 games. I mean, it's it's kind of surprising when you look at those numbers to see his own percentage hovering right around 30. So what do you think about Ryan Zingles? Uh, it like, like I said, it's really impressive what he's done this far. I would have kind of capped his uh, potential production at the start of the year around 20 goals. Certainly like a, a worthy guy to have on an NHL team, but I don't know if the fantasy value is quite there. Uh, but he's been paired with Deshane for basically as long as both yeah. of them have been healthy. Uh, and we've seen what's happened with Deshane this year. Uh, you could say the same for Dezingle. Like, the possession numbers aren't great. Uh, of course, he's sitting right around 43%. Pretty, pretty bad, but uh, Zingle's stream percentage at 18%, is on-ice stream percentage at 12.1, uh, both you know kind of substantially above his career average, and you can't really rely on Ottawa to score at a 12% rate on 5v5 for an extended period of time. Uh, so, I, I obviously, I would bet on this rate continuing. I do think for his own percentage and having the dual wing eligibility, uh, as far as spot starts goes, uh, if you get into a uh, tight spot, either at the beginning of the week you need to get more games in or towards the end of the week, uh, matchup dependent, I think Zingle could definitely help you. I don't think he's worth you know holding on to a roster spot, but definitely worth the streaming option every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but not a guy I'd really you know be too Rely worried about getting on my team. I obviously you know if you're really in, in a, a dire position, uh, if I had to be honest, what I could expect from him, I think best case is probably ten goals from here on out. That's best best case. I think you're probably realistically looking at more something like five. The assists aren't really going to be there, uh, and then who knows what happens if Deshane gets traded. I, Kind of not convinced it's going to happen, but if that does happen, that's kind of where I was pretty much just uh, you know torpedo his value. We, we his numbers don't take a massive hit away from Duchesne. Uh They do take a dip, and if he gets traded, I think he basically loses almost all of his value. But uh, he's a guy that you can kind of I think, especially at this point in the season, you can kind of pick up. And I mean, obviously, he's on the waiver wire for a reason, but. He's a guy that you might be able to pick up and throw into trades just because his numbers are so strong. I mean, you just look at that 20 goals. He might be a guy that you can kind of just throw into a trade after picking him up and maybe, um, you know, sweeten a deal a little bit. But I agree with you. I mean, he brings a lot of speed, but both the shooting percentage on a shooting percentage to go along with that disgusting course before. Uh, not a lot of pauses. You know, you, you don't... There's, there are a lot of red flags when you're yeah. looking at Ryan. Admittedly, he's still a better player than I would have given him credit for at the start of the year. Absolutely. Uh, but he's had a lot of things go his way uh, in the first half of the season. And, you know, it pretty much could only could only get worse as far as his production is concerned. So, uh, that's why I'm, you know, not going all in on Ryan. No, so, and I, I, I totally agree. Maybe a spot start here and there yeah. is, is where we're going to leave the single out right now. Um... Mike Green, defenseman, 30% owned. 19 points in just 29 games played this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a shooting percentage, 6.2, which is down almost 2% from his career average. Uh, but his all-night shooting percentage up to 11.6%, a little bit high. Uh, 48.6, Corsi 4. Playing almost 22 minutes a night on a really, you know, just a basement dwelling Red Wings squad. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I, I'll, I'll talk about Green a little bit first here. I, it is surprising to me to see him this low. I mean, he's the number one offensive option uh, on the blue line. Like I said, playing 22 minutes a night. He's a guy that I would absolutely be looking to pick up to kind of just round out the, the back end of your blue line. Yeah, He's a guy that you can you can pop in your, your lineup when, you know, Detroit's playing on a night where you've got some guys sitting. And, you know, you can ex- actually expect him to pick up points. There's just – there's not a lot of downside with Mike Green other than that plus minus. But, I mean, the Red Wings are still – 
Uh, I, you know, they lose a lot of games. They lose a lot of one-goal games. I mean, they play hard every night, and they they're you know they they seem to be in more games than they're not. So. Yeah. I think Mike Green, absolutely, if you're in need of a little bit of D help, he's got to be the best blue liner on this whole list right now. And, and, and Green's a guy like, who has as much offensive upside. We've seen it as anybody in the league. I mean, we, we, he can go on some, some dirty hot streaks. So Green is a guy, absolutely, that interests me if you're looking for some blue line help. Yeah, I think if you don't have uh, like three solid options in the blue line, or even if you're just looking for a fourth one to roll in, got and you some, have the got roster somebody spot. a little bit banged up yeah. right now, like absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I you know, I love streaming in daily leagues, weekly leagues. I think he's definitely worth the pay. And daily leagues, I, I still think if he was my last roster spot, if that's the guy that I'd rather stream that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially just with the defenseman. But if you need help on the blue line, yeah, I think he's the number one option to go after. Simply because he's going to, like you say, be playing a ton of minutes, be on that first power play unit. It's not a very good power play unit, but it's not the worst in the league. No, I think it, they're like 25th or something, yeah, 16%. Yeah, they're not terrible. Larkin and same yeah. unit. So I mean, 16%, obviously nothing great, nothing to go right home about, but it's enough where that first unit is going to score every few games. Uh, and Green's likely to get in on it when that happens. On ice, shoot percentage a little high right now. That's why he's yeah, up to 19 and 29. Oh, only 29 games. Yeah, it's impressive. I, like I said, I would not expect that pace to continue, but uh, certainly serviceable if you do need help uh, at the back of your blue line, I guess. Absolute superstar back in the day. Let's skip down a couple names here. We'll stick Scored eight games in a row one time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to the blue line here for a minute. Injured still at this point with a concussion, but Eric Johnson, 29% owned. Uh, 14 points in 48 games, 3 goals, 11 assists. Uh, shooting percentage down a little bit. On a shooting percentage right around the career norm. And uh, just a guy who seemingly just does it all for the, the avalanche. You know, I think if you're in a league where you're counting block shots and hits, he, he carries a little bit more value. Yeah, well, even 95 shots in 48 games, uh, you know, pretty, pretty serviceable good, yeah. for the And that's the thing, that, that's what I was going to get to, is it's, it's interesting to see how much he actually contributes when real, like, he, he's obviously their 5v5 minute eater out yeah. there, but when it comes to basically the power play, I mean, he doesn't see a whole lot. You're, you're talking Tyson Berry, you know, he'll see a little yeah. bit, but you're really looking at Tyson Berry, Sam Gerrard, yeah. uh, but at 5v5, I mean, the, the guy plays a ton. I mean, almost 22 minutes a night, yeah. similar to to Mike Green. And does shoot the puck a ton. And he's playing on a, a more lethal lineup um, than than Mike Green. Yeah. But So if you're in a league, you know, maybe backpedal a little bit here. If you're in a league that counts block shots and stuff, uh, some of those extra stats. Eric Johnson's probably a guy who, you know, yeah. right and now I, you can stash a little bit, but he, he might carry a little bit more value than Mike Green because he, he does a little bit more in the in the Yeah, it's just, I, to me, the offensive upside really isn't there because, uh, you know, if you're not on that first power play unit with McKinnon. There's not much. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing, right? And yeah. He, like you said, he's barely sniffing that second unit. Plays a lot in all situations. He's a great defenseman to have on your NHL team, not so much fantasy team. Uh, unless you said you really need to get some value in uh, Cats leagues for stuff like shots, hits, and block shots. Uh, then he can help out there, which is what I think really is driving his own percentage. So I got to be honest, with him injured right now, I was surprised to see it as high as twenty nine percent. Yeah, I mean he's been out for quite a long time too. Yeah. But uh, I mean he, he's a guy if you really want to stash if you need defenseman help. But um, Eric Johnson's not a guy that really moves the needle too too much uh, at this point <laughs> yeah. in time. Uh, if you look at it, though, I mean he's played at five v five. His pairing plays a ton. With that Landis Cog and McKinnon Ranton unit, which is nice. Uh, he plays almost that's forty percent of his ice time with those guys. I mean, which is pretty normal. But it's funny to see just how much of a drop off <laughs> you see when it comes. You know, Corsi four when McKinnon's not on the ice with Johnson is like insane. Yeah, what you'd expect that the rest of that team's pretty much trash. Uh, let's go back to the forwards here. We've got David Krejci at fifty or sorry twenty nine percent owned. Yeah. Uh, 40 points, 10 goals, 30 assists in 50 games. This is a guy that we constantly talk about being criminally underrated every single year. Uh, Basically just your your prototypical classic playmaker. 56.3 Corsi 4 this season. And, you know, that Boston 2 line has seen a really nice jump in production since Peter Solarik was called up. Uh, Ever since, you know, I don't expect Solarik to stay as hot as he has been but Jake DeBrusque is finally kind of having a little bit of a coming out party at this yeah. point. And it's been a small sample size, like four or five games, but they've absolutely dominated the, yeah. the three of them at 5v5 mm-hmm. so far. Uh, so it definitely helps because clearly Krejci is still capable of being a serviceable second centerman. 
just hasn't really had much to play with. Him and DeBrusque are a nice, a formidable duo in their own right, but they've really just been cycling through trying to trying get to find that sort that, of production that, out of that, that third spot on that second line. Uh, Artemi Panarin would be a nice piece there. Just going to say, the one, and maybe it's not Panarin or whoever it yeah. may be, though, but that the Bruins really seem to be a team that's going to make a push uh, try to add somebody up front to that top six. And yeah. Bobby know. Mack was going off. Bob McKenzie was going off for TSN last night about how they really need to make a push for him. He was saying, uh, and uh, again, Sir Panarin is dead set on hitting the market. On yeah, absolutely. Like, he's getting traded like almost 100%. You gotta so, think. Well, I, the other thing is if they don't get like a legit, you know, I think if they don't get an, an offer they're over the moon about, I, I would just keep him on the team. I yeah. think it's from what uh, Yarmo said, that's what it sounds like yeah. the Blue Jackets are going to do. Use him as their own rental almost, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, that team kind of falls apart if he's not there. Oh, is there um, The offense does anyway. But, uh, yeah, Bob, Bobby Mack is saying if he was Boston, he would absolutely be moving a first-round pick. And basically, they're top, I don't even know who there is, but he's a two top-tier prospects. So basically, the top-tier prospects in their system. The guys that drafted instead of Matthew Bears. Yeah, for two <laughs> for two months of our, our Tammy Panarin. Uh, or maybe even a guy like McAvoy might get thrown in there, which I think is all pretty crazy because, you know, they could obviously make a run at keeping Panarin long-term. Yeah. Uh, but I, it does really seem like no matter what happens if Panarin gets traded, he he's going to, at least, yeah, he test, going to at least test, test that market. And even, again, he could be wanting to stay in Columbus, but going to the open market is going to at least drive the offer up and you're not going to get, you know, he could that be, typical hometown discount that teams normally get when they re-sign their own players. When they go to the open market, they're going to be able to wage those offers against you, even if that's all they intend to do. Panarin's numbers since coming over to North America have been absolutely off the charts. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that could legitimately... Away from Patrick Kane. That, that was the, that was kind of the thing, too, right? We, we kind of... Didn't know for sure exactly if it was driven by right. Kane, and it was it seemed to right. have been... And looking back, like, when a guy's a point game. per game, that it's got to speak for something in himself, too, right? There's other guys that play with Patrick but Kane. But he could legitimately be top 10... Yeah. Paid player in the NHL, like that. Yeah. like easily. Well, he's in the market. At push, the right push the top now. five, even. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Right but I mean, yeah, keep looking. So we're just talking about <laughs> if Krejci, yeah, gets Cre- Panarin on the way, huge. Yeah. As it stands, I, I think he's one of the better players we're going to talk about here. The only thing is that straight center eligibility obviously helps him, and he's not going to score you a ton of goals. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, not being on that first power play unit, holding back his production, but everything at this point looks sustainable. Forty out of fifty points, so a point. Four out of every five games. Uh, pretty reliable. Again, one of the better spot starts you can find yeah. uh, week in and week out. To me, again, though, I, I still think if it's the last ro- roster spot, I wouldn't just want to dedicate it to Krejci. Mm-hmm. I would stream it just because of the straight center eligibility. But if you need help, especially down the middle, if you got an injury or two, I think he's one of the primary fill-ins on the wire right now. Let's bounce away from this for a second. Go back to Panarin for a second. If you're somebody who owns maybe a Pierre-Luc Dubois, are you trying to sell him now before... Uh, Maybe Panarin gets deli because I think he's going to lose quite a bit of value once Panarin gets traded. Are you going to try to move Dubois? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I almost think we should listen to what we were just saying about Kane and uh, Panarin because Dubois is what basically a point per game. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. And we know how good he is or how good he's going to be or mm-hmm. what we've been expecting. And we were called we called this breakout all uh, season, all, all yeah. summer. Yeah, so uh, we were expecting this. And I do think Dubois is going to be a dominant Him and point Atkinson per game just, player. Might be just right. fine. I, I think so. I I think there's some risk there. If you can get like a, a what you think would be you know uh, a solid return. Yeah, if you can get some sort of overpay for him, but I wouldn't necessarily be selling him just for the sake of selling him, just because like I just said, what happened with Panner. Yeah, right? we kind of dismiss his good own players. Still are going to be good no matter what. Yeah, and I think got so. And he's the center, wingers out there, and too. he's the center on that. Like, you got to respect yeah. that, right? He's at the end of the day, he drives the line. The centers tend to drive the line. Obviously, yeah. having a guy like Panner on the wing. It's going to help boost your point production a little bit. Uh, but I'm not ready to totally dismiss what Dubois has done and say it was just because of Panarin. Sticking with centers and guys that we've talked about quite a bit this year. Paul Stastny, 29% owned. He's got 18 points, 6 goals, 12 assists in yeah. just 22 games. We've talked about Vegas too, almost seemingly every episode. Just uh, full of our boys. Pacioretty and Tuck and Peary sometimes. And you know maybe Riley Smith when he comes back. Who knows who's going to be on that line. There's just so much talent out there. But yeah. Uh, I think Stastny might be. I mean, at, at, through, through this point of the podcast, Stastny's probably my favorite player on this list so far. Yeah, uh, been just fantastic. Uh, shooting percentage at twelve point two, right around his career average. On a shooting percentage, a little bit elevated, but that fifty seven point seven Corsi four. Yeah, we talk about how dominant Vegas two has been. Uh, I am stunned. I think we talked about him. Yeah, we talked about him last ago. week. We talked about him two weeks ago. We talked, talked about, about him last, him last week. week. Sure, like yeah. I just, I can't believe Stastny is still sitting at twenty nine percent owned. Obviously, you got to look at the strict, uh, strictly center eligible 
players, obviously, they, they tend to be a little bit under-owned. But Stasty, I mean, near a point per game, and that line is yeah. just ready to continue to pop off in the second half of the yeah. season. I, I think I think he's definitely worth owning, especially for the time being. Just see how long Vegas you can keep this thing going. They're dominating the puck. They've got some bounces gone so their way. Good. Uh, but when you're spending, you know, the uh, majority of your shifts and the opponent's end, good things are going to happen. So I, I just think Typically. he's in a, I just think he's in a great spot right now. Uh, we don't even talk about it too much because, like I said, we talk about it every week. Uh, but go pick up Paul Stastny. It's hard to find top six players that are, you know, on good, great teams under 30% owned, and that's exactly what he is at this point in time. Uh, number Another one of those. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe. Well, like top nine, I guess. A guy yeah. that bounces no, he's around. No, he's playing with Matthew. Top, top six right now, but yeah. bounces around a little bit. But yeah, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, center left wing, 29% owned. He's got 22 points in 49 games. Uh, his line mate, his basically son. Yeah. Son's uh, but uh, son Austin Matthews decided to pay homage to him this weekend with the Patrick Marlowe jersey at the All-Star game. And uh, Leafs P- Twitter absolutely loved it. But so did San Jose Twitter. Thank you very much. They did. They did. And you know what? I loved it too. But I saw a couple tweets. It was just like, Matthews is definitely the captain now. Because <laughs> I'm like... What the fuck does that even mean? Like, he wore a Marlowe jersey at the All-Star game. How does that mean he's going to be the captain? I'm so confused right now. Well, Tavares went and took his jersey, so we know who calls the shots in that relationship yeah. there. <laughs> Absolutely. Give the old snap the fingers and Johnny came running. But Marlowe's got... Matthews and Marner playing with him right now. I mean, playing with his kids at this yeah. point. I, I think definitely worth a pick up in the, in the short, short term. Short term, for uh, sure. Been a little disappointed this year. Just 11 goals in 49 games. Uh, the shots aren't quite there. His ice time has taken a bit of a drop this season. But he's played uh, a lot in. Lot. He's played a lot in the on the third line this season. He's been elevated yeah. recently. But as far as third line goes, the Leafs third line uh, about as good of a spot you could be. Right, been playing with Kadri and Nylander. Obviously, those guys uh, had some bad puck luck for the better part of a month. Seems to be started turning for them. But just when that happens, Marlon moves up into really the best spot you could possibly be, aside from uh, maybe Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and Marner. Uh, so he's in a great spot right now. Uh, really all season, though, Marlowe's been one of my favorite spot starts. Uh, just because you got to love a guy playing a, a top six that is that stacked, or top nine that is that stacked for that matter. Second power play unit does not play a lot for the Maple Leafs, but maybe they get a little bit more look now with Muzzin coming over. Uh, still, I, I just think the potential on any given night is there for him to go off just because of the guys around him. Uh, he's not going to be the guy, uh, the dominant playmaker on that line for sure, so he's not going to get that many touches, might not get as many phantom assists. Uh, but you know the Leafs pretty are gonna have to jam some games in the next couple weeks. Yeah, uh, you got it back to back Friday and Saturday. So uh, if you have the open spots on really for this week even, and you're looking to get a couple extra games in over the weekend on Friday and Saturday, Marlowe definitely makes for a solid pickup, especially while he's with Matthews and Martin. Yeah, this is the best time you could really have. Yeah, uh, me picking him up. Not gonna be in a better spot than playing with those two, uh, especially. Against the Red Wings on Friday, that's a great spot. Uh, I mean, there's eight games tomorrow, so I mean, you got a lot of players going, but still, Marlowe's an absolutely yeah. fantastic spot. Yeah, against, I, I a, about, against a bad yeah. team. Eight is usually right on the borderline, though, where you might be able to fit. Absolutely, uh, especially with, 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 with center and left wing eligibility. Yeah, you should be able to get them into your lineup. Yeah, uh, and then even still Saturday, they got the Penguins, who are not the best yeah. defensive team in hockey. So, um, next guy, the one guy, I, I don't know, the one guy. Frank a guy I would, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Again, we're, we right. talked about it, but a guy that I would definitely dedicate a roster spot for right for now. For sure. 28% uh, owned. Yeah. Dude, center, left wing, right wing eligible. Dude, how about uh, 125 shots in 47 games while playing just 14 minutes a night? Crazy. Vitrano, I, t- I called, I said it last like, week. It's uh, like, reminds me of like Timo Meyer last year. Said it last week. He's Johnny Marshall 2.0. Uh, Vitrano's always been a guy who I thought was, you know, solid. Uh, whenever he's come up from the HL in, in years past, he's mm-hmm. always been a guy that puts the puck on net a ton. Uh, he is the real deal. I yeah. think he's, he's on pace I, for I, almost I, 220 shots. He's legitimately less than 50 minutes legitimately good. Uh, shoots a ton. Got a great shot. I mean, 16 goals, 26 points, and just 47 games. And triple position eligibility, didn't you know? Fantastic. 52.0 Corsi 4. Absolutely worth owning right now, especially while he's on, still on the top line, right? With Barkov and Dattenov right now. Yeah. So. And you know what? Even when he's not, I, I think he's basically worked himself into a top six spot regardless. I think and then if he ever Even moves, if he's not, they're going with a more balanced top nine yeah. to the inner lane. So I, I think even at this point, uh, playing on the third line would net you something like Hoffman and 
trying to think of the third center is right now. For Borkstrom. Borkstrom, yeah, Hoffman and Borkstrom, which is, uh, you know, not the worst spot to no. be in either. Uh, maybe not worth owning at that point, but still, I, I definitely think Vitrano's worth owning in the interim, especially in keeper leagues. If you're in, like, uh, deep keeper leagues, maybe yeah. you keep 10, 12, 15 guys on your team. Might uh, be a guy just worth throwing at the end of your roster. Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think, too, with Vitrano, the one thing is that Bugsad's the guy who's the most likely But Jugs. Most likely to be bumped out of that top six if Hoffman comes back in. And, you know, the way Vitrano's played this year, the way Vitrano's played since being bumped to the top six, there's absolutely no reason for him to be bumped down at this point. Definitely worth a roster spot. Triple position eligibility is phenomenal. Let's go to the Blue Stones, who, congratulations to them. They're heading out on their first massive tour uh, coming up this spring. So good for them. Uh, give a little shout out there. But let's, you know, listen to, listen to one of their best songs here yeah, and, passes or what? yeah we should at this point uh and when we get back we've got at least 20 more players to talk about we'll rip through them talk about who we really want on our roster who we do not really care about but enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds baby be my fire baby be my flame baby be the softly burning embers through december To the segment we were just talking about. We're going to go to Will Butcher, who's 28% owned, 18 points, 2 goals, 16 assists in 48 games. Uh, not as interesting to me or as intriguing to me as Mike Green is, but uh, as a guy who is just shooting 2.9%, uh, we could see him add yeah. some extra goals here in the second half. Uh, I think the Devils should see quite a big improvement once Taylor Hall gets back in the lineup, which should, seems to be just around the corner. Um, yeah, I, I think Butcher's not worth much right now. He's definitely becomes back in the spot start conversation once Hall returns. If Butcher uh, gets back on that first unit, Severson recently replaced him on that top unit. The good thing for him right now is Sammy Vanage out definitely with the yeah. concussion. So Butcher should see uh, a, more a, lot more, a lot more minutes at 5v5. Should see a lot of uh, of power play time as well. Uh, so Butcher is a guy worth keeping an eye on, but yeah. he's not somebody that I'm really you know making. Exactly, it's, for. it's just another broken record thing. I think well, you know worth a spot to start, but no way I'm dedicating a, a roster spot full time. Gonna hear a lot of that on this episode for sure. Uh, speaking of a guy that I'm not dedicating roster spot to, Zach Hyman, 28 percent owned, yeah, uh, just 18 points despite playing pretty much the entire season on uh, the Maple Leafs. Top line this season. Uh, That's like run of the mill for him, though. You know, he doesn't see any power play time at all. No. Um, so you know, does the dirty work in the line? Doesn't really score a lot. Yeah, half a point for game for him. Probably finished around fifteen to twenty goals. Again, uh, if the Leafs are playing on a very empty night on yeah. Sunday or something, he's yeah. maybe a guy. I pick but up even on like that. not even right now, playing with just Tavares, you know, playing yeah. with Tavares and Marner, there's always there's a lot more potential there. With you know Marner not on the wing right now, there's pretty much no interest there. Uh, Radko but Gudis. he does hit. He gets hits, too. He so. does get hits. Speaking of hits, Radko Gudis, 28%. Let's not even talk about this. If you have hits, uh, I guess you could look at picking up Gudis from the short term, but uh, just no offensive upside at all. Really. Yeah, I mean, he's actually got decent numbers, but yeah, like this is a... He's got 13 it, points. You picked this guy up... 48 games. You picked this guy up strictly for hits. Uh, the only reason his own percentage is at 28 is strictly because of hits. If, you, if you're in a hits league and... That, he was actually a guy the Leafs were linked to. Basically, the trade. You know, he could still happen. I yeah. think, though, the one thing here is... Um, that the number 28 sticks out to me for one reason only, and I think that's because 28% of Yahoo leagues are probably hits leagues. So if this was just hits leagues, he'd be 100% on. So he's not even worth talking about because he's owned in the league that he should be in, for sure. Uh, Matt Niskanen, 
19.7 goals, 12 assists in 48 games, 27% owned. Just uh, not a starting fantasy D-man for me. No. Uh, again, Number three option on his yeah. own team for the most part. And I think on most slates, he's probably the number three or four spot start option on most wires, too. Uh, Corey Perry has not played a game yet this season. Still at 27%. I think if you need help up front, uh, especially on the wing, you pick him up right now. Yeah, they need they need him back as bad as anybody. He skated uh, yeah. full practice today he's, on the top He's line. getting close, for sure. And then it was Raquel Gatsoff Perry again, yeah, right? So, exactly. Uh, I think he had a bit of an off year last year. He's around 50 points, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a but, guy that's legit been a 30-goal scorer his whole career, obviously. Yeah. And know, he's, in the twilight of his career a little and bit. And he's but. shown the ability to put up ridiculous amounts of goals over small stretches as much as anyone else as long as he's been in the NHL. So uh, 27% on, that's going to shoot up once he gets back. I, I would stash him right now. If you Absolutely. Could. He's a guy you can stash. That's a team desperate for goals right now. They're still in the hunt. Corey Perry's yeah. a guy. And then if you I don't like, need that extra roster spot, you stash him, and then you could even get a few couple free looks with him on your IR spot. So exactly, you yeah. See, what, see, what, see how it all works out. Yup, yup. Uh, it looked like maybe he was going to be a guy who was relegated to like the third line, but now with cash out forever, like Perry's locked into that top line role automatically. Yeah. Uh, Nate Schmidt, 26% owned. He's picked up 17 points, 4 goals, 13 assists, and 32 games since his suspension. Pretty much the top defenseman in Vegas. Uh, however, you see guys like Shea Theodore... Colin Miller play a little bit more on the power play. Uh, but Schmidt's a pretty interesting guy. I mean, you know, his underlying numbers are very strong. Plays over 22 minutes a night on one of the best teams in hockey. Uh, I'm still leaning towards a guy like Mike Green. Uh, but Schmidt's a very interesting add to me if you need help on the blue line. But outside of that, he's really not going to provide a whole lot of ups. Again, I'm going to be broke right here. I, I think the usage uh, definitely in the short term or spot start could provide some value. Uh, but when you look at the numbers, like you said, the power play time is just not there. He's playing 22 minutes, shooting almost uh, double his career percentage on ice shooting percentage of 12.0. It's very high for a D-man. Uh, and he's still just over half a point per game right now. So I think best case is half a Mike point Green's taking, you need a defenseman. Are you taking Butcher or Schmidt at this point? Uh, Schmidt as long as Hall's out. Uh, Kevin Fiala, guy we were very high on, has been quite disappointing so far this year. Uh, just 28 points, equals 20 assists in 52 games. He's Playing only, just 15 minutes and He's nine. only 26% owed. Uh, shooting just 7%, on actually shooting 77%. Not a lot going Fiala's way. If he ever jumps back up into that top six, I think it's worth it, especially when his tourist comes back, right? If he gets back on that. If he gets back on the tourist line, I was just going to say that. Yeah, Still 52.6, Corsi 4. He's doing a lot of things right. Puck's not going his way. Uh, Fiala's definitely a guy that yeah. I'm interested in adding. Still on pace around 50 points for all this. Solid. Done. Yeah. For, for, ha- for how much he's gone wrong. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how many shots? He got a ton of shots. 105. Yeah, he's on pace for over 200. Oh, yeah, so about two shots a game despite only playing 15 minutes. So not quite Frank, Frank Vitrano numbers, but still very impressive. Close. Uh, yeah, just another guy probably going to be in the Nino for the next four years, just never getting the opportunity until he gets yeah, traded. A guy we're just going to talk time. about, talk about, talk about this yeah. and go play with Sebastian Apple. will be a yeah. fucking stud. He's got to get traded three times, and that'll happen. <laughs> uh, Kevin Shatker, 26% on two goals, 12 assists, just 14 points. Uh, averaging over two shots per game, shooting just 2.4%. Only played 18 minutes tonight. The Shad Kirk thing seems weird to me. Like it was like the Rangers were like ready to die for this guy a yeah. couple of years ago, <laughs> and then now they barely fucking play the guy. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Shad Kirk's an interesting case. That team is surprisingly pretty good. Uh, New York has all in all just surprised everybody this year. Rangers, Islanders, mm-hmm. they're blowing everybody away. Mm-hmm. I like Shad Kirk quite a bit, but I mean, there's just not a whole lot. The thing with Shattenkirk and this whole Rangers blue line is like, like fucking Tony D'Angelo is great for uh, you know two games, then he gets benched, and then like Shattenkirk's on the top unit, and then he gets benched. Like there's yeah. just I think there's so the, much movement. At the start like of the year, really... like we, uh, I think we had projected him for right around like the bottom of fantasy rosters, yeah. and he obviously hasn't been that. But we kind of like expected them to force feed minutes. Uh, that's for sure. They're Especially just... on the power play, and then they scratched him like the third game of the year. So, yeah. like, I right, we don't know what's going to happen yeah. here. So, uh, yeah, they just don't really seem to want to be given that. It's probably the whole rebuilding thing. Yeah, it's a lot of offensive upside. But, but again, I talked barely. Yeah. That was we, the playoffs. But I, they're I talked about it like up. like two months ago. Yeah, if you are really looking to blow it up, if you want, if there's any chance you have at moving this cap hit, even if you have to retain some salary, it's gone now because yeah. you didn't really drive his production up be, as much as he could. He'd be a great addition for a lot of teams. Like, well, and a lot of more teams would be looking some, at him if, if he's playing got, four more minutes a night and playing yeah, on the power play, right? Exactly. Makes five no to ten more points than he has right now. 
Uh, a lot of more teams would be looking at him. But his fantasy, or his sorry, not fantasy, but trade value is down quite a bit. Somebody whose tr- uh, trade value is up though. Same squad. Matt Zuccarello has been absolutely fucking lights out as of late. Nine points his last five games. He's been garbage all season, but he's been just in fuego lately. Well, he's on the best spot you possibly be right now on the top line. I should manage Ad and Mr. Kreider. Mister last game came back tonight. He did. Um, he did play tonight. Eh? He did play tonight. Uh, no points as of now, but uh, his advantage has scored again. So that line continues to be hot. Uh, Zuccarello is a guy that has been linked to Calgary. Uh, I mean, it's not a, you know, a foregone conclusion or anything, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that could definitely slide in on that back of the line. He's maybe a guy worth picking up for the next couple weeks. Yeah, I, 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 I pick him up in the short term, especially if you need help. If you, maybe if you're not the best team in your league, but if you're middling, you're pushing for a playoff spot. Uh, I Ryan think just hope that he gets traded to a yeah. really good team. He could be put in a good spot. Yeah. Azucarello has always been a guy who's been such a consistent producer. I absolutely yeah. uh, I, I would be adding him, one of my favorite guys on this list for sure. Brady Kachuk, whose own percentage climbed for a little while, definitely has hit a little bit of a dry spot here. 23 points in 39 games. Uh, not much to go off on his career average. It is impressive to see that his uh, Corsi 4 is at 51.2 on such a bad team. Yeah, well, that line's been great all year. I've uh, been mostly Colin White, centering yeah, and Kachuk and Stone. And he's coming, but he's, he's just been with Stone the whole year, so it's really no surprise to see his percentage as good as he is, but he's a great player in his own right. Uh, 101 shots in just 39 games, so he's over 2.5 shots per game. He's on pace for 212, and he's playing, what, just 15 minutes a night. So I just think moving forward, uh, bodes really well for him. He's another guy I'd really look at breaking out next year where yeah. he starts to get a little more confidence and more than anything else, just more playing time. Uh, and especially maybe the centers get a little bit better. If Stone's still there, I, I think he's one of the main breakout candidates next year. So if you're in keeper leagues and he's somehow still on the way wire. That's what I was going to say. I doubt he's there on keeper, yeah. in keeper leagues. It seems highly improbable. But uh, he's also a guy who, who has cooled off recently. His numbers aren't that fantastic. He might be a guy worth targeting in keeper leagues because I have just as much faith in him as you do. I think he's a guy that's ready to break out in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Matthew Kachuk do it. Yeah, super impressive rookie season for, what, 18-year-old, 19-year-old? Absolutely. Uh, Anthony Mantha, a uh, guy I've talked about a ton of this podcast. Needs 20 a new points, coach. 20 points, 12 goals in 36 games this season. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging over two shots per game, which is two, always over good. Over two and a half shots, yeah. Two and a half shots. He's got uh, shooting percentage rate around a career average. On ice shooting percentage just down a little bit. 56.5 Corsi 4, though very impressive on just an absolutely trash hockey yeah, especially team. Especially considering how much he's played away from Larkin recently, too. Just like they can't figure it out. Uh, Black, you know just what? Playing with Larkin. You know, here's where I here's where I'm at with this. Is, with Larkin. So we're talking about we're talking about how, you know, maybe Chuck's gone in, in your keeper leagues. Yeah. But maybe Mantha's not because he's just been like people have been waiting, people are tired of him. Mantha is a guy who I want on my keeper league team because it's going to happen eventually where he breaks out because next year, like 100% next year, Blashell's not the fucking coach of this team and he's going to be put in the spot that he needs to be put in and he's going to thrive. So he's a guy who you can... Well, he was doing really well earlier in the year. He might be your 10th keeper or whatever, but he's going to be worth it. But right now, not... And then he got hurt and he came back and he just hasn't sniffed the top line since. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Makes zero sense. Like, they never play there. It's absolutely asinine. Uh, we'll go to you on this one here, Brock Nelson, 25% on 16 goals, 15 assists, 31 points yeah. in 49 games. Guy you talked about a couple weeks ago. You have yeah. anything else to add to that? Uh, no, I think the goals are still going to be there, at least respectively. Again, his percentages are still a little high, but somebody who can offer you a lot of value in the interim and one of the best spot starts you can find on any given night. Uh, I don't expect, if his own percentage hasn't jumped at, uh, at this point, I don't expect it to climb that much from this point on. Uh, so he's going to be there for most, in most leagues for you to pick up when you're in a crunch. Playing 18, 19 minutes a night, first line, first power play. Uh, and we might as well throw Everly in there too while we're at it. Yeah, same uh, thing. Everly 24% exactly owned. Yeah, exactly. So uh, both of them center, or Everly center right wing, Nelson center left wing. Uh, so just a lot to like there off the wire. Again, maybe not quite worth dedicating the roster spot to full time. They're hot. That seems good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So, uh, yeah. Line's been solid all year. Kevin Hayes. I love Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, another guy. Been fucking phenomenal this year. 33 points, 40 games. Uh... Pretty much guaranteed to go at the deadline if Artemi Panarin doesn't go to Boston. It's Kevin Hayes. I said it a couple weeks ago. That's where he's going. It's probably going to happen. 
Uh, the one thing yeah. he can play the wing too. So the one thing is like we always talk about like oh yeah get this guy because he's gonna get traded to this good team and it never actually seems to work out. I honestly so don't know if it would help him to be honest because he's played 19 minutes so a game right now. Minutes. He's on the first he, unit. He even played a little bit on the wing with Savannah Jenny Kreider. Uh, but I you know I don't blame him for playing him on the second line center. He's clearly capable of driving a line in its own. Added right another point. assist tonight and a power play goal from Savannah Jack. So that's 34 uh, points in 41 games. Yeah, he, he he's been sensational. Uh, the only issue with him. Strict center eligibility, but yeah, uh, definitely one of the more intriguing th- guys on yeah. this list. I think if your team needs a lot of help, though, you can definitely justify. Like, I, I'd rather I'd rather have Kevin there. Hayes right now than Brock Nelson. I'd rather have him um, than probably Krejci. The only center that I'd rather hit Stastny. right now is Stasty. Yeah, Stasty maybe Krejci, and then guys like Nelson. I think he's in that same category though. As uh, you know, guys that are borderline worth holding on to, especially for the time being. Uh, next on this list is Boone Jenner, but we're not really going to talk to him, uh, talk about him too much. He's out one to three weeks. Uh, so. And then again, just uh, he's great two way forward, but just doesn't carry a whole lot of offensive upside, especially when he's As, not you know, sniffing picks, that power picks play. up the hits. If uh, yeah, if you're exactly, I think that's why he's even this high to be honest. Yeah, but he's out one to three weeks, so it gives a shit. Doesn't matter. Uh, Cam Fowler, twenty two percent owned, just ten points in twenty eight games since uh, returning to the lineup. Uh, you know, his, his, his numbers are right around where they should be. Uh, but 42, Corsi 4, obviously a guy that takes on a lot of tough defensive minutes, but 42 is literally just an I just think it's a, pro- it's a product of that top nine as much yeah. as anything just else. Just a disaster. Henry right Klein hasn't looked great lately. Uh, you know, the Kessler line isn't really not. The Kessler line just gets caved in night, 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 yeah. night after night. And the Gessler line's been pretty disappointed this year, so I don't think that really has a whole lot to do with the blue line. Uh, no. It's just unfortunate there's a lot of competition in, in Anaheim. And I think Fowler is on the top power play unit right now, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's, he, it's he, just not doing that much. Him I, and Montour kind of seem to flip flop, yeah. but it's, it's been but, uh, still definitely a guy that's worth spot starting here and there when you're playing 24 minutes a night and you're getting all that opportunity. You're going to produce. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just if not they a fall, clip that's worth holding. If on they the fall time. off here in the next couple of weeks, like one of those, one of those defensemen's got to be traded. Like you'd have to think. And I think Montour is the guy whose contract's coming up, if I'm not mistaken. I could be definitely... He's the one they've been uh, wrong on that for the last two years. But, like, I just... I can't believe... Like, I always... I, I continuously just expect this uh, this breakout from Fowler, and it just seemingly never happens. I mean, like, is it ever going to happen at this point? I, I'm i not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me just look here. I got I got it coming up here. So, we've got... Uh, yeah, Fowler's got eight years left at 6.5, so he's not getting traded. Lindholm has four years left at 5.2. Manson, four years at 4.1. Montour has uh, two years left at 3.87. That's definitely the contract you want in your cap. Yeah, I'm, Manson might be the guy to go. Like Everybody could use a Josh Manson on their team right now. That's a yep. great, great team. Yep. Great cap, I, I should say. Uh, this uh, is Beebs' boy. Neil Plank. Pionk. Pionk. Uh, he's got 20 points, 5 goals, 15 assists in 43 games, uh, 6.3 shooting percentage, 8.8 on a shooting percentage. I think he's good enough that he's worth having if you have a struggling blue line when he, he is on that, when he is on the top power play. Like you said, they just rotate through that spot. Could be so D'Angelo, could be Shacker, could be Plank. I think yeah, it's Blank hard to justify holding on to him because of that. Uh, he's on the second unit right now, uh, but he does play a ton, uh, almost 19 minutes late, I guess. Not yeah. as much as I thought he was going to. He played a ton last year. Yeah. He's uh, very meh. Uh, Craig Smith, also pretty mad. Just a guy that scores 25 goals every year is going to do it again this year. Yeah, another uh, guy whose value is going to go up once Tourist comes back. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he really doesn't blow the roof off of any of these other guys above him. I'm yeah, and he's not really if... playing on that first power play unit now either, which no. is disappointing because they're rolling two D-man on it. Uh, last year, he basically played the whole year on that. Played a lot in the first half of the season too, but it's kind of fallen out of favor there recently. Yeah, I'd ra- much rather a, fa- a Frankie Vetrano or a Jordan Everly than, uh, than Craig Smith at this point. Michael Kempney... Uh, not really sure why he's on here. Twenty-one percent owned. Does he hit? He probably hits. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He, he picks up the block shots and the hits here and there. But I mean, just don't need to talk about him. Brandon Tanner's a guy that hits a bunch. Not sure why he's on here. Don't need to talk about him. Uh, Michael Backlund, twenty-one percent owned. He's got twenty-nine points in forty-seven games. I've spot started Backlund before. Again, very with straight solid. center eligibility. Uh, unless your team's you know just in dire straits at this point, definitely not a guy you want to hold on to for any uh, discernible amount of time. But uh, again, not sounding like broken record, he can't provide value in a spot start here or there because he plays in all situations. Uh, the potential is just there on any given night, and he, you know you shoot spot at a decent clip. The, it's just a good two way forward to have. Uh, you know, on your NHL team doesn't always translate in fantasy success. 
but hey, Sean he's, Mon- a good, he's, he's a good, one Sean Monahan injury away from uh, he's a good, like, <laughs> being a must-add in all absolutely. fantasy He's a good Sunday pickup like when the Flames play on Sunday, and, you know, there's three games or whatever, exactly. and you can plug them in. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Brian Russ, 12 goals, 12 assists, uh, 21% owned. Just a guy that just seems to play with, you know, Malkin Crosby here and there. Sometimes not, sometimes there. Yeah. Uh, when he's there, he's got some, you know, weekly Yeah, I had, him a, I had him a few weeks ago, maybe it was almost a month ago now, and he Play played that extended play. run with Gensel and Crosby, and he's he went like a point Malkin per game. Yeah. Yeah. He went like a point per game for a 10 points. I think whenever he's on the Crosby line, he's worth having. If he's not, he's not. So yeah. just react accordingly. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, maybe. Great not. player. 141 shots in 50 games. Yeah, he's one Him of and Kempe just dominate the puck at even strength, but uh, that team's just terrible, so the puck's just not going in. He is a guy that's just waiting to break out here uh, coming up. He's one of my favorite ads on this list because he's got shoots bug of time, waiting to break out, and... Waiting to get traded. Potentially getting traded. Exactly. I think he's a good ad. Maybe wait a week or two, you know, let your team, you know, you know, spot start, spot start, spot start. We he's get a good closer, Get close, closer to the trade deadline. Add Tyler to Foley. Hopefully he gets traded somewhere good. Uh, Nolan Patrick's been heating up a little bit, but still only 17 points in 43 games. I know you don't like Nolan Patrick, so I'm sure you're not really recommending picking him up uh, at any point in time right now. Uh, give him a couple years and I'll check back in on you, Nolan. Well, the thing is, too, right now, especially when Giroux's playing center, you can forget about Nolan. If Especially he, when he's on the third he, line. If he, play, if he, play, that's what I'm if he plays on the second line with Vorchek in. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I don't think he can handle those minutes yet. I, I think from no. a flyer standpoint, it's best to have him on that third he's line. He's busting out pretty hard. You right can now. play him with more sheltered minutes. He still has some pretty comparable wingers there with Lafton and Simmons. Uh, but the production isn't going to be there. And, yeah, he's shown in flashes at times. I just The consistency has never been there since he's been in the NHL. Still a very young player. Yeah. Uh, but there's nothing that I've seen at this point that's going to make me want to recommend Nolan Patrick to the final. Strict center Nolan Patrick? No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. A uh, little bit surprised. Jake DeBrusque, only 21% on. Does have 14 goals. Just four assists. Four assists. Got, got some Patrick Laine-looking numbers right now. He is on pace. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he missed some time, but he would be on pace for over 200 shots. Yeah. You know what's uh, crazy? He's played on that first unit all, all season. So to not to only get four. Well, assists. he was bumped. He was bumped around a lot at the start of the year, like like in terms of power play usage. You know, Danton Heinen was there. Maybe I shouldn't uh, say all Ryan season, up, but, he's, but def- he's been there a lot for the last couple. Of months, uh, he's de- sure. he's definitely uh, been the most utilized absolutely. forward. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, but fifty five point one Corsi four, which obviously correlates uh, with 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 Krejci's fifty six point three. They played together almost exclusively. Yeah, uh, I, he's a great player. Dude. I think he's gonna be a good player for a long yeah. time in the NHL. He's definitely I the just, best guy that they yeah. picked ahead of Barzell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think he's very serviceable. I just don't think the fantasy value, the translation, is quite there yet. Uh, again, maybe another guy we got to reevaluate next year. Yeah, uh, and see I, if the game catches up. I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, but again, playing with just Krejci, a guy who's not going to score a lot, you can see why the assists aren't there. Solaric looks good, uh, but it's more of a wait and see for me on Nebraska. Again, another guy that could potentially definitely worth streaming. Yeah. Uh, he is actually one of my favorite. Uh, wingers on this list. Yeah, dual uh, wing too. I w- I'd be adding him over uh, a couple guys. Well, let's jump to the, your favorite winger. This has got to be your favorite. Brandon Peary. Well, him and Vertrano, I guess. Uh, Peary's cooled off a little bit uh, as of late, which you'd expect, but still 13 points, 8 goals, 5 assists in 14 games. Yeah, his numbers shoot. really aren't all that inflated for how much he's doing. No, shoot 17% on ice shoot percentage yeah. is 10.8. Yeah, and any regression. 16.4 course before. Yeah, any regression you do see there could get uh, corrected by an uptick in ice time playing just 15 minutes a game right now. Yeah, he's uh, going to be. That should climb. I'm when he's playing more in the top six, playing more on the, you know, on the power play. So honestly, the thing there's a lot of upside. The for one a guy thing that's you gotta look at when you're talking about Peary's, like, and this is why I've always talked about a guy. Um, I, I was a little bit higher on a guy like Marshall So than most. Yeah. I was a little bit higher on a Toronto than most, and it's because they fucking score everywhere they go. Like, it's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, we scored in the the Q and we scored in the in the AHL, and now we just forget how to score. Like, fucking score, score. That's what they do, and that's what Peary's <laughs> done all the way along throughout his career, and he's going to continue to do it. The same thing with Toronto. It's the same thing with Marshall. So, uh, Peary's fantastic. Yeah. I cannot believe a guy who's got 13 and 14 is only 20% old. There's no reason for it. Two positions, center left. Got to be adding Peary. We've been talking about him, honestly, for a month straight. It just makes no sense to not add him. He's playing on the best, one of the best top sixes in hockey. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Myers has been arguably one of the best punts in DraftKings, but really doesn't carry a whole lot of fantasy value. Uh, he's a guy that has a ball for the point, has seen 
probably his best run of fantasy value here in the last couple weeks, but Dustin Bufflin's near to return. Once Bufflin's back, Myers is pretty much fucking useless, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, it's too, I, I love Myers. I think he's a really good defenseman. I, I think he is a serviceable power play D-man, but there's yeah. just too much ahead too, of him. Too many, like, when you got Morrissey, when you got Trubo, when yeah. you got Bufflin, there's just no, there's no room for Myers. Good, good uh, problem for Winnipeg to have, not a good problem for uh, Myers fantasy owner. Justin Schultz jumped on the morning skate today. Not really sure when he's going to be back, but it doesn't seem too far off. He had four assists in four games before getting hurt. Yeah, a lot of uh, upside. Tons of upside. Definitely their bet, second best defenseman in terms of fantasy value. Yeah, I mean we're not looking at a Yuso Rikula or, uh, or or like a Holy Mata. Justin Schultz, Marcus Patterson. Yeah, Patterson has been fucking phenomenal since he got traded there. But uh, Schultz definitely a guy we're stashing. I think if you need D help. You got the IR spot. I think Schultz is definitely worth it. I think, yeah, I, I think out of all the guys we've talked about, yeah. he's got the most offensive upside. Yeah, and if you got like a stacked up roster, or you're not the type who really likes to take advantage of streaming, uh, just go ahead and throw him on the IR and yeah. take as much time as you want if you don't anticipate needing to make a roster move again. Take as much time as you want to kind of evaluate him when he gets yeah. back. See where he ends up in that lineup. He should jump on the back on the second power play. Uh, and then again, with, you know, Latang's obviously the last year and a half, couple years or so, uh, injury bug hasn't been as hard on him. Fuck, did, he, did you see him just get absolutely crushed yesterday? That game back was, up, though. He did. I couldn't believe it. That yeah. game was wild. Like, I, I, I yeah. would love... But, you know, Schultz is always just one Chris Letang injury away from being, being an absolute Again, star. another must-add, yeah. It's crazy. Like, Darn I was watching a game yesterday. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, how good would a Tampa-Pittsburgh series be? Like, it would be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, they were just... Like, a Stamkos-Malkin fight? Come on. It was... I mean, they didn't really do much, but like I was excited. I was like, this would be a great series. Uh, last guy to talk about, 20% owned. Humpus. Humpus Lindholm. Uh, 19 points in 45 games. Uh, we talked about kind of Cam Fowler, same boat. Not really, uh, you know, the usage is there. He's playing 24 minutes a night. That's fantastic. Yeah. But the team's just not good enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the same boat as Fowler, really. There's like, like I'd, I'd much rather have Schultz sitting on my R than Lindholm on my yeah. bench or, or you know any Niskanen or yeah. whatever honestly I, I think you know there's there's been a few guys we talked about who uh, up front who possess a lot of upside maybe owning uh, and they t- uh, it tend to be this way too with uh, fantasy waiver wires but just not really a lot out there on, on the blue line at this point uh, that really to get all excited about and Lindholm definitely fits that bill uh, but there you go. If, yeah. uh, if you're if you're in need if you of wanted help players. on the waiver wire, I know you guys always love hearing of waiver wire pickups. We just went over 36 guys uh, possible. It basically just went through the wire in everyone's league, uh, so you guys don't have to tweet us pictures of your uh, waiver wires. Yeah, you know who we, we recommend picking up, and if you if they're available yeah. in your league, go out and get them right yeah. away. We're probably gonna do this with the goalies on the second half uh, next week because yeah. they'll be a lot shorter. Probably Absolutely. only about eight or nine guys to talk about. Uh, the uh, other thing too, and let us know if you like the segment because we can definitely bring it back. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's good to roll through a lot of players like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, first thing in the morning, as soon as you listen to this, go to your wire, pick these guys up. Second thing you need to do is join the DraftKings contest. It'll be back tomorrow. We've taken yep. it. We've taken a little bit of a break uh, because of kind. Con- it's just been weird. Like you know, we normally do it on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Well, and then last week when it came out, there was no game. Well, there's just there's there's like two games. It's like hey, we're not going to well, do DraftKings. No, no, but even this yeah. week, like this Tuesday, there's like two games or whatever. So the yeah. schedule's been weird because of the buy, but it'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Which is Friday, so make sure you join. Just five dollar entry. Uh, come compete against us. We've been hot a little bit lately. Hopefully, we can stay stay hot. But uh, if not, you guys can win the money. And the other thing is we will be back to our regular schedule next week. Yeah. Uh, just like the NHL. The NHL is back to the regular schedule. We'll go back to our regular schedule. Yeah. We just wanted so. to pump an extra one out this week so we did it out on Thursday again just for the sake of getting one out this week. But we're going to double up and do it again in a couple days on Yeah, Monday. we'll be back on Monday. So look for the newest episode coming out next Tuesday. Um, and then, again, the DraftKings contest will run this Friday and next Tuesday. So make sure you, you do that. Uh, if you guys enjoy the show, always we encourage you to head over to, to iTunes or Apple Music, whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, give us a five-star review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like if there's something that you don't like. And uh, we'll try to correct it. But we really like those five-star reviews. We like when you say nice words about us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the Beebs List podcast. We'll be uh, back on uh, for Tuesday's show. Absolutely. Uh, follow Beebs on Twitter at Beebsbondi, Brock at Brock underscore Segan. Myself at 3D Berthium, Daily Faceoff at Daily Faceoff, and the podcast if you're at not following DFO podcast. at DFO Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed episode four, or sorry, season four, episode 21. We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace.
Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.